Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Winners with Gareth Hall. Yes, this is Winners on this wonderful Saturday of racing. Of course, the 13th of May. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN Track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. We've got Group 1 Racing in Brisbane. It's the two-minute Dubin 10,000 there today. Giga Kick, I think he's the best sprinter, or one of the best sprinters in the land. Maybe I wish I wins the best at the moment, but he's not far away, this three-year-old, and he dominates the market for today's Group 1. In the, the Queensland at Doombin, looking forward to seeing what he can do. We've got the South Australian Derby there at Morpherville. One of my favourite races is the Andrew Ramson. You win this race and you get that free ticket into our greatest race, the Melbourne Cup. That will be the highlight there at headquarters at Flemington today. We've got a terrific meeting at Scone as they wrap up their carnival. And it's always great to have racing back at Belmont in the West. This is their first of the winter meetings, basically, and the Belmont Sprint at Group 3 level. Uh, wait for age over the 1,400 metres is the highlight there. We'll find you winners with our experts throughout the morning. We've got Nicholas Quinn to join me just after 11 o'clock, I think, with Dan Cobby as well. So for race card, looking forward to that. There's some terrific greyhound racing. There's a, a race series at Dubbo that starts tonight, and she's a pearl. One of the great greyhounds of the modern era will be going around there, and uh, she'll definitely be the highlight. We've got some terrific harness racing as well tonight. And if you love your basketball, it doesn't get any better because it's game six between the Lakers and the Warriors a little later on. And it's the Lakers dominating the market there with pickle bet. So looking forward to seeing if LeBron can close out that series against the Warriors and the Knicks and the Heat are about to start shortly. So Ollie Landis will be giving us his multi. And don't forget at New Plymouth today, Kempi, who joined me on Giddy Up on Thursday for our punters club, declared this horse as the bet of a century on a heavy track, making its debut. <laughs> it's a two-year-old. It's been heavily supported. So Kempi hosts, of course, the breakfast show with Izzy. So looking forward to seeing um, how that galloper goes as well. But this is winners for Kilmore Toyota. Ready when you are. KilmoreToyota.com.au. English, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. And try top four betting today. All new at Pickle Bet, but let's get stuck into our winners on this Saturday morning with the opening bell. The opening bell with Julian Valance and Jack Dickens. Hello to you, Jack Dickens. Good morning. Good morning, G. Good morning, everyone. How are you going? I'm very well. It's a great day of racing today. I'm looking forward to the basketball as well. Phenomenal day of sport, G. Yes. Doesn't get any better. SEN I'll... Track's very own Tom Papley. Game 150 today. Is it? Congratulations, Tommy Papley. Yeah, big, big deal. Swan should win as well. They play Fremantle or Hopeless. I think anyway, they'll kill them. I think I was the only one, Jules, that uh, tipped the Tigers last night. And the, the Tigers are back and they defeated your Cats. Good morning to you. They go. Yeah, no, I don't know if you're the only one. I yeah, um, think there's a few out there that gave them half a hope. But um... Well, they well back the Tigers. Oh, I've got no idea, but I had something small on them. Let's put it that way. So, you know, good well, you start. And... I, I dogged it. I had the half-time line, Jules. Okay. Right. I thought uh, they'd start they well, play. but I didn't think they'd go through with it. Yeah. I don't get a play into those spaces too often, but I just thought uh, I had a few out the cat last night, didn't I? What about yeah, the... danger out, fun bet sort of areas, I, but, I know, you know. I know we're getting outside of our, our wheelhouse, sure but are. what about the basketball? Is the NBA popular with the punters? I think it oh, is. It's like, extremely popular. Yeah, they love extremely it. Extremely popular. 
not my go, but no. um, plenty out there love it, absolutely. So, And it's pointy end of the season, so um, a bit on the line, isn't it? And I tell you what, Jules, Big I, was game at, today. I was at a Big Richmond game. pub last night, and I met some of your family, and they are lovely people. Absolutely okay, yeah. adorable people. And um, a cheerio because they'll be listening this morning. Alana and her friend Tara. There you go. Your cousin Alana from Ballarat. Good Ballarat Swans people as well. Yeah, and on behalf of myself and all the listeners out there, just full credits to Jules today. Sounding normal. Um, looks like sounds to me like he's actually probably where he lives. And, I, and uh, I'm excited for today's show. And I, I did ask your cousin, does Jules really feed his bulldog custard? Well, um, Alana wouldn't know whether I did have a bulldog, but okay. uh, got an Australian Shepherd, but anyway, we'll move on. All right, then. Now, <laughs> the opening bell is all about trying to analyse these markets, and there's been a couple of, well, there's one big scratching Queensland today. The Queensland Derby favourite is out of the rough habit, which is the traditional lead-up towards the, the Queensland Derby, but if you're backed... Um, the Chris Waller train galloper, Kovalika in at the Derby. It's okay because it's only got a foot abscess. We'll race in the Doombin Cup next week and then go on towards the Derby. But let's have a look at the Doombin 10,000. And Jules, I think Giga Kick, well, he's he's going to be a short price favourite, but what price will he start? Might just about start what he is now, that $1.65, $1.70. He's pretty solid uh, at that price. And for all the reasons that we understand, I mean, he's he's an exceptional galloper. Um, he's only sort of early in his prep as well, which is a really positive. I think the gate's important for him. We know Doom can be on speed. I think Eduardo coming out probably helps Giga Kick a little bit in just the fact that he might not be that far off. It might be a tighter, compacted field than what, say, if Eduardo was to be in it. And I always think if it's a tight field, it doesn't really matter where you are. If you've got the best 10 of foot in the last 400 metres, you're going to be able to get over the top of them. So... I think it sets up really well with Giga Kick. The market wants to be with him. There's a few sort of gaps around him, like Mizzou. You know, you can see it probably being double figures. Even as Cabin's got, you know, a hole in it around that five dollars fifty. I think you'll get better than that. So, from that perspective, um, I don't think you're going to get much better than the dollar seventy. I'd be surprised if we got to a dollar eighty. But Dicko, you might have a different point of view. I think the only way you're going to get a better price is if someone enormous decides that Cabin. You know, or Valana is a is overs and knock it off. Otherwise, it's going to just be a, a bit of a dull sort of betting race. To be honest, yeah. it's just going to be yeah, dollar sixty, dollar seventy ish, and you know, probably too good for him. I do think App Cabin does hold some keys. Like it can settle a fair bit closer than Giga Kick drawn well. J Mac, you know, if the track's shown that you want to be up and on, um, potentially that might swing that way. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't move a whole lot and like I completely agree with Jules. App cabin will soften and Villana softens, but potentially with a track pattern, maybe we see something. I'm interested yeah. to to see what the market does with Villana Jules. I know that they've got a lot, a lot of time for this galloper and he just didn't like Perth and it didn't go his way when he was over there. He had a foot abscess and he was scratched from the winter bottom and then he drew gate one in that 1400 meter race and it was just a nightmare. But I, I loved his first up effort. I think that they believe he's a group one horse. No yeah. Nash, though. No Nash, but Brad Brad rides, and I think Brad's it. I'd love to see his stats, especially in WA. He didn't get too many opportunities, but at the he only can ride a, a certain weight. But um, I, I've got no problem with Brad riding, Jules. Is the market coming for him? Is there any love? Not really. Like, he's solid enough, but there's still also a whole... You could easily go, well, he actually still might start $13, $14. Like, yeah. there's that possibility as well. 
Um, Digo's right. I mean, he's drawn the gate, gate one, that you can see sometimes the market trending towards after they've seen a few races because we do know inside Upper Doomman can play into that positive space. So he's, he's one that could clearly tighten up if we saw five or six races yeah. going uh, that way. Otherwise, I don't think he's going to be a, a massive guy. I agree. I thought his run was first up, but it's now all of a sudden you're taking on Giga Kick at Wait for Age, whereas yeah. if he was running against Giga Kick in a straight break, he might be getting five or six kilos. So I think he could possibly maybe get to a group one, but I just don't know if a Wait for Age right now is his go. But, you know, he's sort of around about a 10% chance in, in one right now. Now, the Raf uh, Habit plate today was hurt by scratchings, of course, or the scratching of the, the odds-on favour in, in Cova Lee. What do we learn from that, Dicko, when a, a short-price favourite is taken out of the market? And when how long, how long does it take for it to, to, to reshape in a way? I'd almost, I reckon it's like almost 20 minutes out till they decide to do something because yeah. it's kind of, yeah. you know, you've done your work on a Wednesday and a Thursday to set up for a race and you probably had a bet. And... And now no one knows what to do. So they wait till the bigger guys who bet day to day decide what we do here. Um, I, I wouldn't force anything in this race. No, like if you like stroke of luck, Jill. So I like stroke of luck to defeat his favourite on Thursday. We had a chat to Johnny O'Shea and he was bullish. He says, Gareth, he just needs some luck, this horse. And if he gets it, it'll be mighty hard to beat. Now we were getting $9 there. The favourite comes out. So what, what's your advice to a punter like me that liked a horse at $9 and now he's four sixty after scratchings? Yeah, you like him You like him at $9 when you had a short price favourite in the race. So yeah. for that to come out, you know, possibly a 50% chance or an even better 55% chance horse to come out of the race and you like him at $9, well, then I think there's value in his price right now. Um, yeah. He's probably the one that I think tightens up from this 460, from what I can see. He's drawn that inside. He's got Nash. There's some positives there just from a pure profile perspective of Doombin, um, and then I'm not taking into account the form factor. So, yeah, he's the one that I can see right now that sort of tightens up. I think if you like the vowels, I think you're going to get better than what's currently available. So, um if you know you see 350, 360, I think you're going to get better than that at some stage through betting. So I don't think there's any need to sort of play there. And yeah, as I stated, I think stroke of luck and and even uh, so gabbling down the bottom. Who's who could you know? He's, this horse is tight enough right now, but drawn 16 is that going to be not ideal as we get you know yeah. five or six races? So there's possibility that there's a hole there. So um, stroke of luck to me from a market perspective is the most solid in this race. And let's have a look at, at the spirit of boom. This is a two-year-old race that I'm excited about because you've got some horses that we've seen and they've been exposed like an empire of Japan. Sovereign Fund's been around for a little while. He's second up from a break. And then you've got a horse like this Philly Appen girl that Matty Hoisted says she's well above average. When I had a chat to him yesterday, she's unbeaten his daughter of capitalist. And then, J-Mac would have had the option, I would imagine, of a few rides here, but he's stuck with Coolmore and Chris Waller with Armed Forces, and Armed Forces, well, he gets a firmer track today. So, Dicko, this market will be fascinating, especially yeah, towards the I, back end. I think Appingale's real, really, really solid. Like, really, really solid. Yeah. I don't know if J-Mac gets a choice with uh, with Coolmore. I think he sort of is committed sometimes. I wouldn't lead, like, look into that too deeply. Yeah. Um. I think Empire of Japan will be backed. We won't get much bigger than sort of 650. And, um, yeah, that's probably about it. I, I think that Armed Forces, I mean, Appen Girl is going to start a clear favourite. Jules? 
I'd agree with that. And and I think it's important to talk about these horses that are sort of, you know, on debut or lightly raced and that they're... So we know they're going to be solid early because the, there's a big wrap on them. So they know there's going to be money early doors for these horses. It's the last 10 minutes that the punter has to realise that these horses can possibly get soft and do not worry about it too much. And I think this is a perfect example. If this happened, girl was to, you know, hold its price, which it looks 100% like it's likely to do right now, or even shorten in a little bit, I think that's a, a significant go in these kinds of two-year-old races. So I think the punter just doesn't need to get too gun-shy when these horses that we haven't really seen before um, get soft in the market because it's just, as we've talked about it a lot, that just these bigger guys don't have any have a real true set sample size on them. And just to clarify, back to the, the good race with Brad versus Nash. Brad's going at 12% his last 50, losing 35% level staking at SP. Yep. Riding in softer in a softer jurisdiction, whereas Nash is just losing like pot at flat staking at SP, but he's going at 22%, riding against the best of the 100%. best. So the market's going to take a negative attitude towards the jockey switch. Yeah. So but, if you like Valana, I'll be waiting. But that's when you at like when you analyze so you analyze sporting contests and Jules and Dicko, you might think I'm wrong here, but if you analyze Brad Wheeler compared to Nash in his last 50 rides, it, Brad, it's hard to get a, a gauge because he can only ride at, um, a certain weight and he's come back from Perth to, to, to New South Wales when he was riding for um, some of the biggest stables, but he had to go to provincial areas and you just don't know what kind of horses he was riding. His last 12 months, though, he's going at 15.7% yeah. and he's losing at 20. So I just, I just think the market's going to respect the, the switch and take a negative approach to it, which you don't have to. I'm just saying if you no. want to back Valana, I it's think that's what the market will do it? and wait. It's an advantage if you're a punter and you believe in Brad Bewiller and you think that it doesn't matter who's riding that gallop because you are oh. getting a better price. 100%. It's, it, the, the trick to punting is buying low. So you want to get these riders, get these stables when the market's off them and they're about to swing back into form because they all go up and they all go down and they just keep doing it all the way, all year long. I want to play just a quick grab of Paul Snowden talking about the king that goes around in this spirit of boom because I want to bring up something after this grab. He's probably the one that's sort of sliding under the radar a fraction and there's no doubt he'll probably improve off the back of this into seven furlongs in the size um, where the other two horses remain to be seen if they're going to take that next step into that 1,400 metre run. So... Um, yeah, like to look, like to look about the whole three of them, um, and and keen to see what uh, the king can do uh, up in up in class there on Saturday. When I was like talking to Paul there on Thursday, Jules, he's got Empire of Japan and Sovereign Fund that are hard in the market under double figures, of course. But he was pushing towards the king at twenty three dollars. So that's to your point that sometimes the, the punters and the big punters just don't know what to, what to do with these two-year-olds because there's not much of a, a sample size. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, obviously, you know, stables are always going to probably talk up every horse they've got, especially young ones. I mean, they're not going to say yeah, it's legless and can't win. Um, so, again, grain of salt. It's, it's the noise that you want to take in and the noise you need to sort of remove as an analyst. You have yep. to decide, well, what, what am I doing if I'm just going to be listening to trainers full stop and take their word for it, um, that's that's the difference. I mean, otherwise there's no point even going to doing any form on any race. So yeah, I get I get his point of view, but you know the market sort of got him the difference. I mean, if you said to him, okay, well you can have a bet for your life on who finishes ahead, and it's at level staking, I think he'd probably be pushed into Empire of Japan. 
Yeah, and then um, also he might like they are phenomenal trainers, but they I've got no idea, but they could be the world's worst punters. No, I think he's pretty good. My time interviewing Paul Snow, and he's rarely off the mark. He's he's pretty good, but I might ask him that question next time when he's got three runners. Now, this I've got a gun to your head, Paul. Um, <laughs> level staking. Who do you think will win? Yeah, welcome to America. Yeah. Which horse is going to win, mate? Yeah, nine eighteen. This is Gareth Hall, Jules Valens, and Jack Dickens on the opening bell on winners. Don't go anywhere. I want to have a chat about. I think he's the most intriguing horse of the day, and what price he might start. And the Andrew Rams, and I speak of White Marlin.